Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, looking back at uh, the performances over the last few days of particularly England in the World T20. Actually, I mean, we're at the moment, we're really kind of bursting with pride, I think, as Englishmen watching the last two performances by England against Australia and then today against Sri Lanka. Bursting with pride for one man, really, for the, for the man, Joss Butler, who NASA Hussein quite rightly described as England's best ever white ball batsman or indeed cricketer. And I think that's indisputable after those two innings, uh, totally destructive innings against Australia. And then a brilliantly conceived innings against Sri Lanka in Sharjah. First time he's made 100 in um, a T20 international, only the second time that an England batsman has made 100 in a T20 international. And he's now the first Englishman to have made 100 in all three formats uh, in international level. So a fantastic double for, for Butler and England just, you know, soaring supreme in, in the World T20 at the moment, the only team who are unbeaten. Did you see his sister's tweet after his innings on Saturday? Joanne Vickers, there was a lovely tweet. She said, called my mum to tell her I was joint player of the match in a hard-fought draw against top-of-the-league team in hockey. Not really going to cut it, is it? <laughs> yeah, I thought, brilliant. I thought it was wonderful. It was wonderful, wonderful tweet. Butler, 71 not out of 32 balls on Saturday and then 101 not out of 67 balls in this game against Sri Lanka, which I thought was a really fascinating game, Jos, because it was not... Mm. It, it was not cut and dried for him and not by any means. And it was a real sort of to and fro game. Actually, the sort of, you know, what you want 2020 to be, really. He scored 24 off the first 30 balls. England was struggling, 47 for three. They got 160 odd. And then Sri Lanka losing wickets. But then that partnership between Hasaranga and Shanaka, it really threatened to take 
and Sri Lanka home, especially with the the Jew. We'll talk about the Jew in just a moment. England, though, they're just about there, aren't they? I mean, I you know they they are, they are to all intents and purposes in the semi final. But it does show you, doesn't it, that you can have a you know I mean there, there were really good aspects of England's performance for you know most of the game tonight, but they still could have lost it. It was that 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 catch on the boundary involving Jason Roy and Billings. And if, you know, if that had gone for six, I know it's ifs and buts in cricket, really fine margins. And, you know, Sri Lanka could have, could have won that game you know, with the Jew and England's problems with who they were going to bowl. In fact, they had to bowl Mo and Ali in the, in the 19th over, but you know, magnificent hitting uh, from Butler. It, it's not everyone's cup of tea, Sharjah, in, in the, mm. the, the pitch there. No. But it, I think it produced a, a, a really interesting game. And uh, it's a, it, it, you know the great thing about Butler is he's not just a, a bludgeoner of the ball. You know against Australia he used the pace and he did bludgeon it pretty much in his own inimitable way. But in this innings, uh, because Sharjah is a different sort of pitch, it's quite an unusual surface. In fact, you know Liam Livingstone, who we had in the Virtual Cricket Club a couple of weeks ago, and who really struggled uh, at Sharjah for the Rajasthan Royals. He said that it's one of those pitches where if you bang it in short, it only gets up a sort of three-quarter stump height. And so a Mm. ball which you would normally think about pulling or even hooking, you have to kind of almost uh, change your mindset and um, deceive yourself into thinking that it's not short, that it's a drivable ball. Uh, it's a difficult thing for, for players to do. When when the ball is that sort of speed, you're talking you know, higher than 80 miles an hour, 80 to say 85 miles an hour, short ball. And batsmen you know, of the calibre that we're talking about now are conditioned to play that ball, which will rise above stump height, uh, in a in a pull or a cut sort of mode, so a cross batted way, in other words, so helping mm. it round or and that that's what your sort of bio rhythms are, are almost conditioned to do. So suddenly you've got to change that, and you've got to say that short ball is not going to get up much above medium sort of to high level of the stumps. It's going to be three quarters of the stumps, and you've got to try and hit it on the front foot on the up with a straight bat, not a cross bat. And it might sound, well, you know, you, you, a lot of people would say, well, why can't batsmen just adapt? Surely you should be able to adapt. But at those sorts of speeds, it's not so easy to do. It was quite interesting listening to Shane Watson on the commentary, who I think, by the way, has been the best of the new commentators on TV. And he, he's because he's humble, you know, and he's, he's, it sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? An Australian with humility. But he, he is someone who he, does, he is sensitive and quite uh, admiring of England, actually. And he was talking about batting at, at Sharjah and how you almost have to bend at the knees slightly and, and sort of go lower in your stance because the whole level of bounce is, is much less and therefore you can't play those sort of typical shots on the up that, that batsmen like to do in this format. And so Butler was able to adapt and play a, a more calculated sort of game and wait for the right balls in and also make the bowlers bowl where he wanted them to, taking a couple of risks with a couple of short balls, which he put away for, for, for four and six, even though there wasn't much bounce. And that forced the Sri Lankans to bowl fuller, which was then playing into his hands. I thought it was interesting listening to Paul Collingwood at the, at the halfway stage, his interview saying, he said, at one, you know, we were trying to get information from the field and onto the field. He said, and at one stage, the sort of feedback we were getting 
was that 110 would be a good score. I mean, that, that shows you how much England was struggling, how difficult they found it to, to cope with the special conditions of, of playing in charge. I mentioned 47 for three off the first uh, 10 overs. I mean, incredible, really. 116 in the, in the last 10 to get you know, over that 160 mark. I, I think it's fair to say 110 wouldn't have been a good score. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it sort of exemplified how difficult England found it in, in those conditions. I mean, we, we had Ravi Bopara with us during the IPL. He was saying very similar thing to Liam Livingston, I mean, played quite a bit of charge about, about the bounce. And actually Hasaranga, I think it was Hasaranga against Timal Mills, played an incredible shot where he did adapt, where Mills bowled quite, quite a short ball into the pitch and Hasaranga off the back foot lifted him with a big drive over long on. I thought it was a remarkable shot. And, and that's what t- actually typified the sort of stroke, I suppose, you've got to try to play at Sharjah that's, that's not, not easy uh, to do. Having said that, I suppose it's difficult to tell. You'd have to speak to the players who are out there and that, you know, the Jew factor, the ball just does skid on a bit, you know, as, as the game goes on. Did, did the Jew sort of spoil the game in a, in a, a bit? Yours, I mean, it, it, it sort of really slowed the game down. The ball had to be dried after every single ball. It's something we talked about, wasn't it, with NASA in the Virtual Cricket Club a couple of weeks ago, that does it sort of undermine a tournament? I think it, I think it does a bit. Uh, it does it does sort of skew the game. Mm. And and it also, it, it makes it, it makes a watching experience unsatisfactory because, you know, you have this a delay between every single ball. I suppose you could say it builds up the drama a bit. But it's, you know, it's not ideal. I don't, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I suppose you could say playing, playing conditions where there's no due, there's no due during the day but of course then the the bit huge tv audiences in the evening say in india don't get you know don't get to watch as much of the we need the we need grass again. that doesn't generate <laughs> yeah. dues somehow well, don't we? Like surely suppose, somebody yeah. can come up with that uh, actually um in in some cases i know tours that we've been on before there's sometimes talked about say in india where they spray yeah. there's a spray they use to try and does that minimize the effect i don't know perhaps the spray makes you i don't know but (laughs) it's hard to know isn't it but you'd have thought we could come up with something better than the rope dragged round the boundary at half time Mm. um it's it is frustrating isn't it and of course you know i suppose it goes back to your classic point which you often make on this show especially in a dreary english summer's day why did England invent cricket? Because it's you know it, you can't play it in damp conditions, and dew is is exactly the same as uh, drizzle. It has the same effect. It makes the game very difficult to do because of the precision, I suppose, that you need. Yeah. As I'm, I mean, I remember actually bowling uh, one of my fateful final overs in a cup final, and it was raining at Lords, you know, and I literally couldn't grip the ball, and it was like a bar of mm. soap, and that's what happens. In, in dewy conditions as well. And it actually, with, with a leather ball as well, the water sort of gradually soaks in and the ball expands as well. And, and it just it feels like you're bowling with a, a sort of balloon at the end. So yeah. it, it really does affect the game quite badly, never mind, of course, affecting you underfoot as well and allowing the ball to skid on to the, to the bat a little bit, which is why so many teams want to field first and bat second because it is easier and it helps Sri Lanka today. They couldn't quite capitalise on it because of England's excellent out cricket. And apart from that extraordinary um, anomaly of a drop catch by Chris Wokes, Mm. uh, England's fielding again really was outstanding, wasn't it? I mean, so many just little stops as well as catches and the relay catch by Jason Roy and Joss Butler's run out and Owen Morgan took a running catch at the start. I mean, England's out cricket is just... So good. 
Yeah, it's interesting actually watching Morgan's reaction uh, to that dismissal, getting rid of Kuzel Pereira, because I mean, he's, he's a, he can be a dangerous customer at the top of the order. He can sort of suddenly take the game away from you. He's got that sort of flamboyance. It hasn't, we haven't all seen it in, the, in this competition. But if he gets going, and I think Morgan sensed that, and it was a, it was an important wicket, run a good running catch. And Morgan had a, an excellent day. He's probably his, his best day for a very long time because not only did he captain uh, really well, he also got some runs, which must be a, hu- a huge relief to him. What, you know, whatever you say about, you know, this idea of him sort of orchestrating everything and being vital to England in the field, any self-respecting cricketer wants to contribute. And and today he did that 40 from 36 balls, not, not you know, sensational, but actually from where he was at the start of his innings, you know, where he was struggling to score to get up to 40 off 36. And also, um, also worth saying that now he has more, T20 wins as an international captain than anyone else. He's gone past MS Dhoni and he's gone past Asuka Afghan of, of Afghanistan who had 42 and Morgan has got 43. So he's, you know, it was sort of one of those days for him. I suppose you could say if it had been a perfect day, he would have gone on and made you know 60 not out or whatever, or 65 not out as, as Butler went on. But you know, I think for, for starters for Morgan, it was, a, it was a really important day, important innings. And you know, and, and England and England are just about there. Four wins, the net run rate is is superb. What it means now is the the rest, the other five, actually amazingly, are still all in it, just about mathematically anyway. You know, and anything can happen in the in the in the remaining games. It, it looks, I think, I probably want to be in Australia's position more than anyone else. But you know, there's a, there's a lot that can happen in in this group uh, before we know the semi finalists now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I would like to be in Australia's shoes for, for one simple reason that they don't seem to be very convincing as a T20 team. I mean, obviously England. I mean, absolutely decimate. I, I know what you mean, but I, I know you're saying in terms of points, but they don't convince me as a T20 side. And they don't seem to have ever really quite conquered T20 format, do they? It's odd for a, t- a country with so many talented players that they don't seem to quite get the, the tempo right. And, and someone like Glenn Maxwell constantly flatters to deceive. They're relying on their test match bowling attack, apart from Adam Zampa, whereas England very much kind of bring in specialists. And I, I just sort of, I don't know, it, it's funny. I, it does, they don't seem to hang together as a, as a T20 side. They don't really convince me. Someone like Marcus Stoinis never really seems to, you know, he's an outstanding player in the Big Bash, but... He looks somehow slightly timid in uh, in, in international. Actually, it was funny because we were watching um, him batting against Rashid, and I remember Rashid doing him with a googly in the semi-final of the uh, World Cup a couple of years ago, uh, second ball. And I, I said to my sons, actually, he's going to bowl him a googly first ball here. And you watch, he won't read it, and he didn't. He was plum LBW. I don't know. That's they don't why seem you get to the big bucks. Yeah, sort it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I don't. I just. I just don't feel they they quite got it together. As, of course, they're going to go on and win the tournament now. But I don't know. They just don't. It doesn't. They yeah. don't convince me really. And and yeah, well, and and the way England just wiped the floor with them in that in that game on Saturday, it was like um, people. You know, they, we'd sort of taken on their mantle from the the one day era which they dominated, and they'd become yeah. us. 
Yeah, you're right. It was it was like watching England against Australia in reverse from you know 15 years ago, whatever it was. You know when they had that period of, of domination, it was a pretty chastening defeat for Australia. That and actually that's the one thing you know whether they, you know whether that that really has knocked their confidence in for their remaining two games. They've got Bangladesh and West Indies uh, to play, both of whom you know can, can be dangerous. But if they win those two games, they should they should be fine. So Africa's still in there as well. You know just about sort of holding on. They've got England to play and they've got Bangladesh to play. So, you know, so it's, it, it does make for a, an interesting week and England can sort of, you know, sit back in their, <laughs> sit back in their deck, just smoke their cigar and sort of watch it all unfold, really. I mean, that you know, they are, they are just about there in the semifinals. They, they probably want to, to win the group and uh, avoid, well, I mean, it, I mean, whoever they play in the, in the semi-final is going to be difficult. I mean, it looks like it looks to me in the other group is it's going to be, uh, well, Pakistan definitely and and New Zealand now. But New Zealand have got a big game against Afghanistan, and if they were to lose that, then it's all, it really opens that group up again and gives India a chance. But then it might go down to net run rate. So there's a there's a there's a lot to play for in mm. in the you know in, the, in this qualifying. Uh, week really the, the the week left of the qualifying uh, what, what we, we should talk a bit about india i think because mm. I, I mean when we sat here you know five days ago whatever we was i was saying i thought in, in india would beat new zealand and still qualify and they might still do for the semi-finals but it looks a bit of a long shot at the moment i, I fancied we what do we say england pakistan australia and india and india i mean played two lost two and yeah, they could well be going out. It could be, yeah, it could be one of those really difficult weeks. Well, like they can do nothing about it. They just sort of watch other results go against them. There's absolutely nothing they can do about it. And sort of being in a fairly helpless position, they've been to me. They they just looked a bit passive, really, so far in this in this competition. And you know, they play so much T20 cricket. People sort of making excuses for them. They had a week to you know they had a week without a game. Well, New Zealand had five days of that game. Uh, you know they they've been in the bubble for for months, but then you know lots of teams have had to cope with those sorts of things. They've got so much talent, mm. but they were just they were just totally outplayed by New Zealand. They, they it's actually the game was a bit like the start of England's game against Sri Lanka today, where you know England was squeezed by Sri Lanka. You thought, goodness me, you know England could lose this. They they're not not going to get a store, but they broke free. India just couldn't. They you know, they're in a similar sort of situation, just couldn't break free of of New Zealand. And it must just be that. I don't know. It's something about New Zealand for them, isn't it? They they lost in the World Test Championship final to them. They lost in the semi final of the World Cup to them, and they lost, you know, in this T Twenty uh, World Cup to them. New Zealand sort of have their number, and mm. they're you know, you know they're a team we haven't talked a lot about so far. I suppose it's because one of the reasons is because they haven't played many games. Um, but <laughs> I wonder. I wonder whether we might be. I wonder whether we might be heading for another New Zealand England final. I don't know. The chance for. Revenge. That's all one thought in my mind, but Pakistan will have a, a big say in that. They they look good and vibrant. Nasi Valley's been exciting, taking down Afghanistan. Wow, in that yeah, what a, what a performance that was. And by the way, I did a disservice to Pakistan saying England are the only unbeaten team. They're the only unbeaten team in their group. And of course, Pakistan unbeaten in their group. And Asif Valley, 24 off 12 required, and he'd only faced, what, a ball or something. And he and he just took four sixes off the over, and and they were all magnificent, clean hits as well. I mean, superb to watch, a magnificent cricket. India, I suppose you could say. I mean, they, they will come out with a few excuses. One of them is valid. They've had to bat first each time, and uh, each yeah. time, you know, not really quite got enough runs. Uh, One hundred and fifty odd against 
Pakistan and 110 or something against New Zealand. So not you know struggling a bit with the bat uh, yeah. in that first innings. But they've been out there, all those players playing in the IPL. They know all these uh, pitches pretty well. So I don't think that's a, a, a definite excuse, but it does show the value of batting second most of the time in these games. And if you don't get your 160 plus batting first, you're vulnerable. Afghanistan have won a couple of games uh, batting first, so they you know, they show what you, you you can do. Although you have to perhaps look at the quality of the opposition, um, and I suppose that was one huge plus for England today. Actually, is they won batting first, and that you know that gives you a bit of confidence. The fact you can do that, you can, you but the trend of the tournament so far, which is you know, basically you, if you do bat second, you most nearly every team has has won the match. So that that that's good. And yeah, you're right. India batting first twice, but you 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 have to get that score on the board. You have to you have to get that 160, 170 if you possibly can. Otherwise, you just get you just get taken down so easily. And you know they okay, yeah, they're a quality side. India, they've got lots of good players, but they were up against two quality sides as well. That's the other thing. You know, it's worth it's worth noting. You know, they're up against. And you know, a, a tenacious New Zealand side uh, who's shown their value at the highest level of the game. I mean, you could you could argue sort of pound for pound and sort of for you know person, you know size of population and number of people who play cricket. And New Zealand are the, sort of the, the top team in world cricket, pound for pound at the moment. The, you know what they've done recently, um, you know, World Cup final and T. Um, Test Championship final and going well in this competition as well. You know they're they're a tenacious side. Pakistan are very good as well. So it's no, it's all no disgrace for for India to to lose to those two teams. But I suppose it's the manner. Both have been quite heavy defeats, and the fact that India was so so you know so vaunted. You know they were so they really touted before the the tournament mm. started. So you know it's it, it's been a difficult experience for them. And as, as I say, they could win their last three matches, and I have no say in no saying making the semi-finals. They've just got to go out there and try and win them. Um, it's it's it, 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 it's tough for them. I mean, they 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 constantly they're constantly playing, and then they you know they got more series to come once this finishes. But it's sort of, it's sort of the lot of the international cricketer at at the moment. Ah. It sort of opens the tournament up a bit, I think, mm. doesn't it? It, yeah. it? it makes more. I mean, you, you could argue that it actually might be more interesting for having, you know, a different team rather than Australia in the semi-finals as well. You know, if, if say South Africa were to sort of buck the trend really of of, of their sort of World Cup performances and, and, and make it through and and perhaps you know try to take down one of the the, the big teams, well, they they would be probably playing against Pakistan in, in a semi-final. So you know, there's the challenge for them uh, this week as well. Mm. It doesn't. I, it's, I think it's good some have the, the you know the top teams winning everything on being successful, and it may be that in, you know England find their come up and somewhere along the line, but they've they've, they've looked pretty impressive so far. But yeah, you, you yeah. Want, I think you, you do want about second, though, don't you? I think you need a semi final, you do want about second final, you do want about second. One little uh, sort of blot on England's campaign, obviously, is uh, yeah. Tim Al Mills going off the field today after nine balls, and uh, that's a, a worry. Uh, apparently, he had a tight quad. Uh, that can be something that is cured overnight. But just looking at his physique, he's very sort of ripped, isn't he? And uh, he's not like a Jimmy Anderson who sort of glides to the crease. It's all power with him and sort of muscle. And uh, if one of those bits is, is a little bit suspect, that does put the rest of his whole game under pressure. And, of course, he is someone who relies on that that, that power uh, to generate the speed and obviously the, the, the variation 
so a slight worry for England. Hopefully, Mark Wood is okay to to deputise or uh, you know to play instead. Uh, but that's a shame for for, for Tim Al because you know he's worked so hard to come back from so many irritating injuries. And in a way, the trouble with fast bowling is uh, you know you get one sort of bad injury, and so you work overtime to to make sure that you've compensated and strengthened that part of your body. Then something else breaks. So uh, it's it's an absolute it's a fickle business being a, a, a bowler because you just never know what bit of you is going to go uh, go next. I mean, at least with Wood, it's the same thing every time. <laughs> it's his ankle, and uh, he's tried obviously very hard to strengthen that, and uh, hopefully he'll be all right. But yeah. I, I worry for Mills for the rest of the tournament, really. Yeah, you, well, you would do because I mean there is there is not much time to get fit. The games you know come quite quickly after one another. And the other issue is you, you mentioned Mark Wood has, has not been fit so far. Uh, you know, is he ready to also, you know, if he's got to come in and play straight away, is he, mm. is he ready? Is it, you know, is he sort of match, match sharp and all that sort of stuff. So that, you know, you've got that aspect to it as well. England have been you know, consistent with their selection so far. And the other one is Tom Curran. He was unfit as well the other day. So yeah, England got, England got one or two problems. It may be that they have to think about, uh, replacements uh, into the squad, so you know, and it, it's happened a bit already with with some of the teams so far. So then, yours, uh, we we sort of do our predictions, don't we? After it, during these, uh, oh, do we have to <laughs> during these T <laughs> Twenty World Cup podcasts? I mean, it, in, England, Pakistan, no brainer. They're, mm. they're both going to make the semi-finals. Well, I say that I don't want to. I don't want to put the mockers on Pakistan, but I mean they look they look strong and look good. England, Pakistan. I'm I'm going New Zealand. And I'm going Australia. Really? So uh, you would say India eliminated then? In your, yeah, I think. Your, yeah, okay. yeah. I just well, I, I think I think New Zealand will beat Afghanistan because if they don't, then that I mean India will be rooting for Afghanistan to win that match, uh, and and that's that's their route really. But if 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 New Zealand beat Afghanistan, then that's you, you feel that's going to be just about it because New Zealand you, you back them to beat Namibia and Scotland really. Um, yeah, so they would end up with yeah, they, they would end up with eight points. Yeah, yeah, if they win the last three games, they end up with yeah. eight. Yeah, and India have to win their three games, and they'll end up with only six. Yeah, so that's 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 India's problem because they, you know, they this is this whole thing about which is the group of death, and everyone says England were in the group of death, you know, the toughest group, you know, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka qualified, but actually, what what you sort of had was like a you know like a mini group. I see it like that. It's sort of, it might not work out like that because because Afghanistan might surprise uh, one or two. But you know, you've basically sort of got a mini group between New Zealand, India, and Pakistan. And if you don't win those head to heads, then you, there's no salvation elsewhere. And that's what's happened to India. Whereas in the England group, you feel you know teams can be, you know beat each other a bit more, and th- and therefore make it a bit more unpredictable. It might not work out like that, but that's how it seems to me, and I think that's how it seems to most people who are who've been following this T uh, Twenty World Cup, but you know, let's hope there's actually you know something different on the way. There is a, a, a surprise or whatever that you know a result that goes wow, that's opened things up again, and so that so the last week of qualification for the semi-finals is not so utterly uh, straightforward. We nearly we nearly had it today. I don't mm. think we were too far away. You know, Hasaranga going really well. If that you know, it's ifs and buts, isn't it? Yeah, but, but you, I think if you. I think you you look you look at a, a game like today, and you look at Butler's innings, and uh, getting a hundred on that surface, and you just think, well, somebody else to win this game for Sri Lanka, somebody's got to play an innings of that calibre, yeah. or, or at least sort of close to. And I couldn't see anyone quite producing that 
level of genius to to get Sri Lanka over the line. There was always going to be something that went a bit wrong, especially with England's excellent fielding. So uh, although they got close, 26 run margin is still you know a decent margin in this format of the game. You talked about something different, by the way, and predictions. We've got. Uh, on the Virtual Cricket Club next Wednesday, um, this a man Wednesday? This, this Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah, this Wednesday, uh, someone who is different and who might have a different take on these predictions with his knowledge of stats in the game. So this Wednesday uh, at six thirty p.m., we have Zoltz, Andy Zoltzman, as our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club. And we really urge you to join us because it'll be different. As I said, it'll be funny. And he's also raising money for the Professional Cricketers Trust, the, the charity that supports players who've fallen on hard time. So please try and join us this Wednesday for Andy Zaltzman, 6.30pm. Go to worldsbestcricketclub.com and your uh, £6 a month won't be in vain because the week after we've got Kate Cross and Alex Hartley back. The girls from the No Balls podcast and stars of BBC commentary and all sorts of other places as well as being on the field, of course. Uh, so uh, some good stuff coming up in the world's best cricket club over the next couple of weeks, and you'll be there, won't you? Even though you've got to rush off. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got to get I've got to get trained to catch, but so I'll 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 have I'll spend some time with Zoltz. I spend quite a lot of time with him as it is. But no, he's a he's a great cricket man, Zoltz. He, he absolutely loves the game, and also he's he's a very funny man. He's a sort of bizarre sort of contradiction, really. That he's he's he is quite stats obsessed, but he's also extremely funny man as well you know he's a comedian in his own right you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily put a, a statistician and a comedian together but in andy zaltzman whoever produced that has managed to do it so so he's, he's yeah it'll be good it'll be, it'll be good and he looks like vetus gerolitis he does yeah for those who don't know who that is it's a former tennis player but that was that was a real blast in the past that one yours isn't it vetus gerolitis but yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah but he does a bit right yours, well, or, or um or uh, Art Garfunkel, maybe. Yeah, or Art Garfunkel, yeah. Right, there we go, Yoz. I think that's it uh, for the scene. Well done, England. Well done, Owen Morgan. Great day for him. Joss Butler. Uh, really in, really good game in, in Sharjah. England just about through. I think Pakistan will join them. Let's find out in the next week who else will be making the, the semi-finals at the T20 World Cup. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.